Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Amy Talks. I'm back. I know it's been a while as I had a little break over the summer, but there's lots of new guests to talk to in future episodes, along with plenty of interesting topics. Back to today though, and I chat to divorce attorney Gabrielle Hartley about the difficult topic of divorce. We delve into why people get divorced, the weird things discussed in settlements, and her own personal story of her parents divorcing and co-parenting in the 70s, something that wasn't really done at that time. This week's good news story, which as ever is from the Good News Network, Dog features a, a teenager who welcomes his little brother at its bus stop every day wearing a different and embarrassing costume. It says a 17-year-old in Louisiana has made a daily tradition of greeting his little brother Max at the bus stop and always surprising him by wearing an outlandish costume every day. Since Noah Tingle began the ritual earlier this year, he's dressed as Batman, Chewbacca, Waldo from Where's Waldo or Where's Wally if you're in the UK, Santa Claus and a giant gorilla. <laughs> To name just a few. Apparently the uh, the 12 year old can always be seen smiling in the videos of Noah's silly appearances. Now if my sister did that to me, I would be so embarrassed. But I guess, you know, siblings, siblings do kind of crazy things to embarrass. The siblings aren't the only ones in on the joke. As word spread of his daily shenanigans, he's become something of a local celebrity in the community. Many of the, many of the neighbours have donated their ca- their crazy costumes so Noah can continue the streak. Thankfully, the teen has been sharing videos and photos of his costumes to his Facebook page, The Bus Brother, which you should definitely check out. Social media users can delight in their f- familial love as well. Oh, that's so nice. CBS News did a video on the that's embedded within the Good News Network article. As ever, I will link it in the description of the episode so you can go and check it out. I personally wouldn't like it if my sister did that, but... Brotherly love, eh? So I'm with Gabrielle, hello. Hi. You're, you're a divorce lawyer, is that correct? I am. What's your kind of daily role? Because I'm really interested in like what what lawyers and like particularly like divorce lawyers do day to day. So maybe you could explain a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So, so I've been a divorce lawyer and mediator and divorce consultant or coach um, in the last few years. But I've been doing a divorce law for 25 years, nearly. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I can't believe how old I am. It's like crazy. Um, and I work, um, I'm originally from New York City, I worked for a judge and I resolved, you know, hundreds and hundreds of really messy trial-ready divorce cases. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm actually these days working more and more as almost a positive divorce missionary and as a coach for individuals. Mm-hmm. Um and I help other lawyers transform their practice into a practice that they enjoy so they're not so stuck in the mess and they can move into um, more positive work. They don't have to change their job to do better work and to feel better about it. Mm. Um, it used to be to like get back to your question, you know, with the day to day, it's a lot of just listening to people and, um, you know, getting to the core of what was really going on for them in their case and Mm -hmm. trying to get people to really focus on their 
needs versus their wants and to move forward through the process with as much ease and grace as possible while advocating as strongly as possible. So I'm a little bit different than most divorce attorneys. I'm extremely resolution oriented, no matter how messy it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that does not mean to, I, I help, I have people give away what they shouldn't give away. But at the same time, I believe that zealous advocacy in the context of divorce is quite different. Um, than it is in many other contexts because you cannot, um, you you can't really. Uh, I'm going to say divorce. You can't separate the fact that you represent this individual from the fact that they're part of the community of the family. Which, in the case where there is a child or multiple children, it's never going to be completely bifurcated. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really so I don't know if I, that answered your question. <laughs> it definitely did. It definitely did. So okay, good. What do you find is the most common reason for couples to like seek a divorce? Is it is it that they aren't in love or they hate each other or like what 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 do you find is is kind of the most I guess widely okay, so, widely told reason? I yeah, guess. and so 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 um, that's a great question, Amy. Um, one of the reasons that I was inspired to write Better Apart and to create the Better Apart Masterclass Mm -hmm. was all about the fact that most divorces really stem from poor communication. Mm. And a lot of that poor communication, I mean, it it stems from lots of different reasons. But one thing is that people don't know their own um, voice, right? And so there's Mm. a lot of like a lack of emotional confidence in expressing what we want in a clear way. And so instead, a lot of disruptive communication happens for a variety of reasons and then things spiral out of control and there's a lot of blaming and finger pointing and not that much active visionary work in our own backyards and that's what gets us tripped up. Hmm. So you mentioned the master. So I mean people are, sorry. Sorry, no, it's just people often are say, Oh, is money the biggest issue? Is cheating the biggest issue? You know, everybody wants to know because everybody's like, Oh my gosh, how can I not get divorced? And um you know, the way to not get divorced, I mean, is to know yourself really well before you get married and be very clear about who you are and what you want. And of course, like who, who can do that? Like such Mm. few people. That's why there are so few people who are actually, you know, happily, peacefully, easily, positively married, but the master course, right. Which is designed for, Mm. it's really, it's for any of us. It happens to be about divorce, but even if you're someone who is, um, is, just a person with family members or friends going through a divorce or not. It's, it's about connecting with yourself and yeah. getting deeply in line with your own vision of what you want to manifest, not what your mom and dad or, you know, the, your teachers or your peers are, are wanting, but where is your truth? And I analyze it. I actually don't analyze it. You analyze it, but I give you the tools, right? To take yourself from that negative inner narrative that is getting in your way of bringing forward your greatness because everyone, all your listeners, you, me, like we all have this inner greatness that just needs to be unfurled. We need bravery. We need courageousness. And I do this through a five-step process which is about developing your own um, peace, peace, self-respect, clarity, patience, and forgiveness. And um, 
and I give lots of tools and it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, it gives you a little break in your day to go listen to a little video and do some journaling and tap into parts of yourself that you may have long forgotten. Or you may not have known existed. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. Okay. Or you may not have developed. Yeah, maybe. As you mentioned earlier, divorce is hard on families. So mm. what psychological effect can divorce have on, say, for example, children who are involved in it, and particularly if it's a messy divorce as well? Yeah, so that's another great question, Amy. Um, uh, I, I just posted recently on all my social media a cover of a Time magazine from 2000, which is like, oh, should wow. parents stay <laughs> together? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you can find it on, like, my LinkedIn and Instagram oh, and stuff. Oh, I had, and this was even, like before I was working um, exclusively as a divorce attorney, I must have swiped it from my grandma and grandpa's house because my grandfather used to get Time magazine and I think it offended me, right? Because my parents were divorced and I didn't think it, they did me this great disservice. Um, it's not about the f fact of the divorce, it's about the conflict. So better to be divorced and be calm and easeful than to be married and to be in a, a messy, conflictual and environment. But similarly, getting divorced and then continuing to have the really nasty back and forth, you're not doing your children any favors either. No. Because think about it, we learn by what we see, right? So there's yeah. like a set of people who are just naturally resilient and are not going to be impacted. But most of us are impacted by the, our parents and our grandparents and even our great grandparents' internal narratives. That's where we learn who we are and what our role is within um, the greater world. And so when we have an internal narrative that's powerful and active, we pass that down and we create powerfully active children and grandchildren, etc. Okay. Your kind of personal story, your parents split up in the 70s, is that right? Yeah, so um, my parents actually split up almost in the 80s, like in 79, the oh, end okay, of 79. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So they actually didn't divorce till 1984, the mid-80s, but they, they lived separately from 79 on. And um, at that time, most people, the mother would keep the child full-time and the father would see the kids maybe every other weekend. I don't know if you've seen like Mad Men. That was like pretty typical of the time. Mm. And the visiting parent, if you will. Yeah. And my parents didn't do that. They had a shared parenting plan, much like what most people, at least in the States, are doing now, shared parenting. Um, and at the time that I grew up, it was considered very weird that they got along so well. And it's not like it was perfect by any means. In fact, I didn't even realize how good it was until I acted as a divorce attorney and I worked for the courts and I saw how messy most people's cases were. Mm. And that's where I started to really take a big step back and started to ask myself and my parents the hard questions of, you know, well, how did you do it differently? What gave you the strength and the courage and the fortitude to engage with your ability to look at my brother and me as important and not just care about your own well-being. Your, yeah, your own um, and it can be interests. Real, correct. Yeah. Divorce usually involves sort of settlements surrounding dis different aspects of life, so like children or pets or something like that. 
Have you got any weird stories of people arguing about over over things that people wouldn't normally argue about? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, people have spent thousands and thousands of dollars arguing over things that are worth $300. I once had, uh, I, I don't know why this one sticks in my mind, but this couple was arguing over a cigar humidor. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, for like three hours on a Friday night, the other lawyer and I were like, "Like, let's just give them the money to get another humidor. It was so stupid. But it's more about the process, I think, for many couples. Sometimes I'll have a case that I resolve so quickly, and next thing you know, they're back in court, and there's not even anything to fight about, but they're fighting because they weren't done fighting. Mm. Does that make sense? Like yeah, Sometimes that make people sense. need the process. So you have to not rush people. And that's a good thing to know if you're someone who's ready to to part and your other person's not quite there yet. You need to know that the emotional track is often not exactly the same. It's typically not the same at all for both parties. Mm. And um, there is an adage, slowest is fastest. If you can let the other person catch up to you, you're going to have a much easier road ahead. Mm. That's interesting. You have written a book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, HarperCollins published it, and it just came out in February. Oh, very nice. Um, It's called The Radically Positive Way to Separate. So why did you call it that, and what's it about for people that don't know or haven't seen it? Yeah, so it's it, it, the main title is Better Apart, and the subtitle mm-hmm. is, is – and so um, – so it's about how you can navigate yourself forward positively, how you can start to re-examine your life and use this divorce as an opportunity to actually create a better life and to make things even greater than you might have been able to do had you never gotten married. Like It, it, it really forces you to push yourself and mm. to look at your life through the lenses similar to the masterclass of patience, respect, peace, clarity, and forgiveness. And what inspired me to write the book was that I just had one client after another after another who felt so mired in the shame and in the stigma of their divorce. And I wanted to create a platform where they would feel held and know they're not alone. So Mm. just by... You know, and, and, and you can see that people really need this because the book is, has really thus far flown off the shelves um, mm. and divorce books, you know, I purposefully left the word divorce out of it um, because <laughs> people don't like buying things that say divorce, no, right? No. So, right? It's, it's like a bad word, but I feel pretty strongly about taking divorce out of the shadows. When you consider the fact that 50% of all couples wind up split up, divorced, that means that all of those people's children are going to have this negative self story of their where they're from if we don't start feeling okay with the whole concept of divorce. And it's just it's we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to our families and to the generations after us if we can't get out of the shadows. As you were um, mentioning, you know, with similarly with like mental health issues, if we have to hide we can't make progress yeah I definitely agree so So. my my last question is do you have any advice for people going through tough times in a marriage or who are considering divorce but maybe don't want to go through with it because it's too costly or too much time or absolutely 
Yeah. So if it's if you're not getting divorced because it's costly or too much time, I would say that's not a great reason to stay married because that's a short-term problem which mm-hmm. can be resolved over the long haul. Um, a lot of people, but a, actually, a, a lot of people do say that though. They're like, "Oh, it takes too long." Yeah. Yeah, they do, and, you know, they can contact me, and I can tell them quicker ways. There's mediation, there's collaborative law. I mean, honestly, there's so many different ways to do this, and, if and you know, you're, you get, as far as we know, one life, so why not try to make it as good as it can be yeah. um, and not live being miserably where we used to have to be like that. A hundred years ago, we were mostly trapped in these terrible marriages. Um, but in in my book, I actually have a section between the intro and chapter one, and it's actually called pause. You may not need a divorce. And there are some things that you can do. Um, for instance, you know, notice where maybe you're complicit in parts of the dynamic that you're unhappy about. And learn to actually do the hard work of figuring out what you want and stop blaming the other person for what you're not getting. And if you're on the precipice of divorce, why not ask for more of what you want before you just leave? Because maybe you can fix your marriage within the context of the relationship rather than leaving the relationship only to find that you're still stuck with yourself and, and, you're not going to just necessarily be able to swiftly move forward um, outside of the dynamic. Uh, some t- oftentimes there's a lot of blaming that's happening mm. that is used as almost a shield from actually in- interacting more deeply with yourself. Um, and another little tip to stay married or to at least, even if you wind up having to split, but to split more nicely is to do the work to learn to respond rather than to react, which is just all about taking a step back and noticing when you're feeling emotionally activated. And mm-hmm. then, you know, telling yourself you're, that you're calm and giving yourself the feedback that you can calm down, taking a few deep breaths. I actually recommend doing that as a normal practice throughout every day so that when you are feeling triggered, it's easier to access that practice. Mm-hmm. But when we react, we tend to do and say things that may not be our best selves and may not serve ourselves or our relationships. Okay, well, that's great advice. Uh, I hope my listeners take it on board if they're having any marriage or relationship troubles or just want to be calmer in life. Um, So that's all the questions I have for you today. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, take care. And you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Gabrielle for taking time out to chat to me. She's written a book, as we mentioned in the interview, so go and check it out. A link will be in the description of this episode. Also, go to Gabrielle's website, gabriellehartley.com, to see more of her and find out information for her services if you need a divorce attorney. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Amy Talks Podcast. Also, subscribe to the show on Mixcloud, Spotify, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Go to mixcloud.com slash amytalkspodcast and on all other platforms, just search Amy Talks. Until next time, bye!